to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa. Slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Drummers Only Radio, episode 47. Mike Johnson's in the house! We're here, we're here. How the Gretsch are you? Uh, I am Gretchen fantastic. Oh, no doubt about it, buddy. Brilliant, brilliant. Are you well through all this pandemic nonsense? I got to say, man, I, I hate to sound like a complete asshat, but it's it's been a very normal year and a half for me because yeah. that's what I already did before the pandemic. I sat in a room and made videos yeah. for a living. So, um, you know, some of it was honestly kind of welcomed. It was nice. Um, the world forced me into a break from my drum camps, which I had done 10 years in a row of camps and their weekly camps. And I do 10 camps. So it's you know, it's 10 weeks worth of camps in and out. And then as you know, I, because I came to your place, I mm-hmm. travel on my weeks off. Mm-hmm. So to be forced into a break, um, I think that was good for a lot of society. If As long as you were lucky enough to not be, you know, tragically affected by the last year and a half, a lot of people got a chance to just reevaluate their mm-hmm. own lives and their own choices. And, and why are you doing what you're doing? And is this what's bringing you joy? So I, I, I hate to sound like a jerk, but a lot of it was very positive for me. So I'm actually scared of coming out of it. I'm like, oh, God, now I'm going to be like, uh, Bangladesh, book it. I'm going, you know. <laughs> yeah, agreed, man. It, it was a funny way of life. But yeah, a little reset button for most of the world doesn't really hurt, does it? No, I mean, I think for a lot of people, just even getting a chance to connect with their families, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of parents that just... Uh, you know, obviously our society runs on finances and and sometimes you get stuck in a lifestyle where you can't back off. You Mm -hmm. have to keep going, Mm -hmm. you know, from morning till night and you lose track of your kids and your family and the life that you worked so hard to build, but you don't Mm -hmm. ever get to experience it. Mm -hmm. And so I think for a lot of people, it's a great thing that they just got to be like, you know what? I think I'd actually take a step back financially Mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy my life a little bit more. So I think that that's a positive. Yeah, for sure. Um, purely selfishly, we saw an uptake in things like electronic drum sales, um, which sure. means more people are playing the instrument, which, you know, let's do it. They, they, we, I mean, we've had conversations with people that are just like, fuck it, I'm going to buy the dream kit. Right. Do you know what? Sure. I've wanted it, I've worked for it, and now I'm going to have it. Yeah, so I think that on on a whole, it's been great for our community of drummers because mm-hmm. a lot of people are telling me, Hey, I've been playing for 40 years. I've been gigging for 30 of those years, mm. and I've never had a chance to practice because the only thing I do is I learn the songs for the yeah. next gig. Yeah, right. But now I'm taking your lessons and I'm actually practicing. And just like you said, and I've ordered my dream kit, or <laughs> I, you know, or I finally got a Ludwig Acrylite because I've been yeah. putting it off forever. It only costs 200 bucks, but yeah. I've always wanted one. You know, so those things I think are just awesome. And I think, like I said, it gives everybody a chance to reevaluate. Are you doing the right thing for yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you happy doing what you're doing? Or were you just kind of stuck in a life that you couldn't get yourself out of? Yeah. So I think it's going to be a really cool thing. I think the only thing that's happening right now is now there's the reality of like, you're going to have to play live again. <laughs> I mean, me mm-hmm. and some of my pro drum buddies are like, you know that we have to play the UK drum show, right? Like yeah, I'm yeah. S- 
Like, I haven't been on a stage in front of <laughs> a thousand drummers staring at you and judging every note in quite a while. So, yeah, yeah. get those chops back. Exactly. Get those exactly. chops back. So, I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea, but Mike Johnson, what is your story? Uh, um, I would say that it's definitely not a normal story as far as where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't consider myself a drummer until I was probably until I had a record deal. That was the first time that that hobby that I was doing and I took it as seriously as I could, but I just wasn't at the same level as my peers. You know, the mm-hmm. guys that I, I did school music. So I was in school bands and jazz bands and everything from the age of six all the way um, through graduating high school. But I was always second chair, third chair, fourth mm. chair. I was always stuck on the bells or the timpani. I never got the <laughs> snare drum. <laughs> and uh, and I, I felt like I practiced harder than everybody, but they just all got it so much easier. You know, I would tell my drummer buddies, like, oh, check out this thing that I learned. And I'm like, oh, let me see that. And they would just do it in a second. And I was like, yeah. that was two weeks of work for me. <laughs> so I always knew that drums just weren't natural for me, and I was mm. never going to be great at them and then when i got my first record deal with my garage band my buddies Mm -hmm. then it was like well this is now paying for my life so i'm gonna have to take this extremely seriously Mm -hmm. um and yeah so that was kind of that and then i thought that of course when you're 21 and you get a record deal and you're touring you've got the dream this is Mm. why why i read modern drummer magazine was to (laughs) one day have this lifestyle and it took maybe two weeks worth of touring to realize this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And at that time, right before leaving for my first tour, I, I was teaching at a at a music store. And I didn't realize that that was my dream job until mm-hmm. I left it. And then all of a sudden, I had what was supposed to be my dream job. I was touring and we were opening for you know big bands of the early 2000s. So it was like arenas every night. And I was just miserable. And all I wanted to do was get back into a teaching room and teach a student one-on-one. And so that's kind of where I found myself as like, what is my dream? What brings me the most amount of joy? Even if it's not my family's dream for me or my friend's Mm. dream for me, it's my dream. And then, right, so I, I, I did the touring thing for about six years and right around 26 years old, I just quit my band, uh, moved to a small town that had a drum shop um, and I just started teaching full time, and I never looked back. Mm-hmm. Man, so much in that. Did, was there any like any point where you felt like you weren't validated through the journey when you've decided to make a go of this touring thing, and then all of a sudden you hate it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it there was I I equate it to what it must be like as somebody that's coming out of the closet and they just are confused and they don't yeah. know how to tell their family, like, I'm not what you thought I was, yeah. but but something feels more right to me than this. And so trying to tell friends and family, I mean, nowhere near as serious as telling your family <laughs> yeah. that you're gay, but to yeah. tell my, my dad, who was a hell's angel, dad, I don't want to tour. I want to teach. You know, that was like, oh, I'm going to let everybody down. I mean, they've they've sacrificed everything so that I could have this dream. I have it and I'm not happy with it. Mm. And then to tell my buddies like, hey, I know we're going out on the road with corn next week, but I'd really rather be in a tiny four by four room teaching a student one on one. You know, mm. they're like, are you nuts? Mm. And so the one thing that I will say, though, is by going through that, and while still being a teacher even now, it has given me the ability or the experience in life to whatever somebody's going through, I'm always their cheerleader as far as like, mm. just point your compass towards joy. 
That's it. <laughs> and yeah. Whatever that is. Now, I don't, yeah, yeah. even if your joy is money, that's fine. Whatever joy is for you, that then just point your compass that way and you'll be so much more successful at that than you will at anything else. I could have never, I could have never put in the, enough hours to be a great touring drummer or a great session drummer because the passion and the joy wasn't there mm. where even though i'm one of the most unnatural drummers on the planet i'm a fairly successful educator because mm. the work doesn't feel like work yeah, yeah. i love it yeah. you know yeah and i mean surely when people that you perhaps felt like you were letting down see you know they're like well i guess you made the right decision right <laughs> yeah i mean obviously an <laughs> awkward conversation to have i mean you can't just walk up and be like boom <laughs> yeah so but but what you can do is they can see <laughs> uh, you said i'd never make yeah, it right um but uh y- what you can do is they can see that you're happy and that's i think at some point as adults what we look for in our friends and our colleagues and everything is like hey are you happy mm. i don't care what the hell you do man like do whatever you want, but are you happy? Because we know plenty of people that are massively successful and miserable mm-hmm. because they're, it's like, well, they're only successful financially, but they haven't mm. fulfilled their soul at all. Mm. And so finding people that are happy doing what they love, you know, when we all um, went out to dinner, uh, mm-hmm. th- that was like, a table of joy, right? Mm-hmm. And we're running around. I'm asking the cooks if they'll let me film some B-roll for my vlog. And we're laughing. And I'm asking Tony about like where she went to school. And, mm-hmm. and we, would, it was like, okay, this is a table of joy. Yeah, This is where our compass is pointed. We're all doing what we love or we're all on the way to what we love. And that's kind of what I look for, you know? Um, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't tell you when we were hanging out, but I film those things for every clinic and I only post maybe two out of six because wow. sometimes it's like i don't know there was no vibe there was no happy yeah. no one was happy i'm not yeah. putting this out you know so yeah. yeah i get it i get it adam and i were talking a lot uh, especially today actually about just being able to find happiness for other people's happiness um totally you know, back off to what you to you said with people kind of like uh, maybe didn't didn't see the path that you felt like you were going to go down i've started to look at my life a little bit more and just find out do you know what? It's it's just much easier for everyone's life or everyone's head and heart to just be happy for people's happy. Okay, so Eddie, and, do you know Eddie Thrower? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had Eddie on okay. and he's been up yeah, a bunch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> him and I are doing our first camp together coming up here in Folsom. And he was so stoked. He was so stoked. He's like, dude, it's all sold out and we get to post that it's sold out. And I said... Be prepared. This will be the lowest amount of likes you will ever receive <laughs> on any social media thing because you're you because you're like you're not bragging. I mean, we're just we're stoked. We're like, hey, just and we're letting people know you can't sign up for it. It is mm-hmm. sold out. But the amount of people that have to look at that post and they're like, I just cannot be happy for this other person. It yeah. is insane. I I think I had. A, like a post before was me playing drums mm-hmm. and it had 30,000 views. <laughs> the The next post was like, hey, I'm super stoked. I, I, my buddy and I are doing a camp together. Like 11 likes. I mean, just the amount. And it's like, it's not hatred. It's just these people that are trained that like, well, somehow if I like this, I'm going to get signed up for his mailing list. I'm going to get roped into, so I'm being tracked. I mean, there's so much distrust in the world right yeah. now that, it makes it hard for people to be happy for each other. And I think that we have to do a better job of being the world's, especially 
you as you know with the shop me as an educator we have to do a better job of being people's cheerleaders Mm -hmm. and letting them know when you get that gig tell me yeah i will be happy for you because you getting your dream gig doesn't mess with my life in any way so why wouldn't i be happy for you absolutely absolutely i think it takes work i think that's what people don't necessarily love about it they have to consciously change a behavior and the, the the stock behavior is the, the body language changes and it becomes yeah. this kind of weird like I don't want to talk to I don't want to talk about this and when it when it's actually much easier to go man that's amazing that's amazing good for you Dude, exactly you like I, I just it's such a weird thing and I think that it should come down to how did you go about what happened and if you did it through hard work uh, dude I got your back like that's so cool like yep. it's it's amazing and same thing even with gear. It's like you're not showing off. You worked your ass off to get this $10,000 custom DW kit. <laughs> yeah. Just send me the pictures. Send yep. me every angle. Show me the snare <laughs> side. The, I mean, I want to see it all because I'm stoked for you. And I know what it's like to put everything you have into something and then get a reward for it. But you can't tell the world about that reward mm. because somehow it comes off as like you're being <laughs> boastful. And it's like, well, especially in the drum community, we have such a small amount of people that will even understand mm how cool it is that like I scored this, you know, Slingerland Radio King in Blue Duco where it's like, yeah, it's a $250 drum, but it's the very first custom snare drum or not custom, but it's the very first snare drum I ever bought when mm. eBay was launched. Yeah. It means something to me. It's like, I'm not trying to show it off. I'm just, I'm just stoked, you know? Yeah, yeah, so for sure. we have to do that for other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're getting better at it, but it's one of those things that will always work out. Um, take me through a typical day and Mike's Lessons HQ. What does a typical day look like? Well, as you experienced today, it usually f- starts with me forgetting that I had a <laughs> podcast to do. <laughs> so professional. Love um, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there's no staff. So mm. it is just me. Mike'slessons.com is just me at home or sorry, me at the studio in Folsom, California. So we have our own space. And then my wife does all the admin. So f- camp bookings and handling all the admin stuff that comes in. She does that from home. And so I'm generally here from 7 a.m. till about 7 p.m., uh, seven days a week. There's no weekends, obviously, when you work for yourself. And so I'm just here all day filming stuff, um, monitoring the Mike's Lessons family Facebook group to make sure that you know we have a very weird uh, set of rules for that group. There's so it you can only be part of that group if you're part of our website mm-hmm. and a paid customer. But the rules are your personal successes on the on the instrument, your personal fa- failures, and new gear. Nothing else. No memes. No links. No no nothing. And no self promotion. Like mm-hmm. I don't even mention a clinic on my own businesses page mm-hmm. because it's like, look, this is just. What are you struggling with? What did you achieve? And let's see some gear. And so I want to make sure that every single post is personal. So I spend honestly a few hours a day going through that and deleting a post, then writing that person, letting them know like, hey, you didn't really do anything wrong, but we can't vote for you for you know the hit like a girl contest because then we have to vote for everybody else. So mm-hmm. no self-promotion. So anyways, um, it's a little bit of that. Uh, I try to get in a little social media every day. Like I'll film something for a story or for a main feed post on Instagram. Uh, YouTube videos are a bigger chunk of time because they're just higher production and I am by myself. So it's me just walking around to each camera, pressing record, <laughs> by myself shouting out, recording on one, 
Then I go to the other camera, recording on two. <laughs> then I go into the control room, recording on Pro Tools. And I have to say it all out loud to make sure that it's all happening. Um, then I check all the red tally lights to make sure all the, that we really are recording. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a lot of filming and editing. And then as soon as June gets here, that's when our camps will start again. And then the camps are morning till night as well. So I'll have to get here at like 5 a.m. to get all of my video work done and my social media done earlier in the day before the campers arrive. Man, like no days off, huh? Like that's just, that's a schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird thing it, because we're, we're not open to the public and it's mm -hmm. not a brick and mortar shop. It can be as insane as it needs to be, but it can also be like, you know what? I'm just not going in today at all. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of a, an ebb and flow with me and the wife where she'll recognize, I think it's time. And then we literally just go to the coast, which is about a two and a half hour drive from here. And we have a little town that we enjoy staying at. that's very sleepy and very chill. And we just take three day, two to three days max and unplug. No drumsticks, no pad, no mm -hmm. cameras. Mm -hmm. And, and we just reset. And so we never have enough time for an actual vacation. But every time we feel it getting close to that boiling point of like, okay, you're getting a little snippy online, you know, because somebody would be like, hey, I don't know how to get better at bass drum speed. And I just start typing, why don't you freaking practice? And then it's like <laughs> the wife's like backspace, backspace, backspace. Yeah. Honey, you're getting a little snippy. I'm like, okay, good call. I would have asked the same thing in the beginning of my journey. So um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird because, like I said, it can be as insane as I need it to be, but I can back it off whenever I need to as well. Yeah, that's amazing. It feels like there's a whole subset of skills that you've had to teach yourself or learn in order to make a living. Is that right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we used to have at home what we called the two shake rule. Have I ever talked to you about this? Don't think so. Don't think okay. So. The, the two shake rule was... <laughs> Because I knew that I just, especially when I started mikeslessons.com, I didn't have any money to afford like a videographer or mm -hmm. graphic designer or a web designer even to get mikeslessons.com turned into a website. So I knew I was going to have to learn how to do web development, mm -hmm. photography, videography, audio engineering, all of that stuff. So the two shake rule was that my wife would go to bed about 8.30 or 9. She goes to bed pretty early. I would go to bed with her, but I would stay awake in bed and then as she fell asleep if i could shake her twice without her moving then i was allowed to leave the bed and go into our <laughs> office and learn graphic design on lynda.com audio engineering web development and i would stay up until two or three in the morning every single night uh learning you know at that time i was learning action script and f you know for flash and i was learning css and html yeah, yeah. you know everything i could html mm -hmm. uh css um and then uh yeah then i'd go to bed at like 3 a.m and she'd wake up and i was in bed with her so we figured that if she fell asleep with me in bed and she woke up with me in bed then technically we spent the night together <laughs> so that was the two shake rule and uh and so i did that forever and ever and then that just became the way i do everything now so every time I wish I could get something done. I'm like, well, I think I'll just have to take some online classes and learn how to do this because hmm. I just, I'm a bit of a control freak. So I, I usually yeah. only, <laughs> I only hire like a, a photographer that will allow me to, like, I can't do the whole thing where you send me a proof sheet and I mm. pick four of the pictures. Mm. It's like, no, I'll give you the SD card. Mm -hmm. You'll do the shoot. You'll give me the SD card <laughs> and, and our business is complete because I'm going to edit these photos. I'm going to choose the ones. Yeah. I'm using them for way too many things to pick, like five. So, yeah. um, 
you know, so yeah, so that that's kind of it. And then eventually, I would say probably the thing I had to learn in the last three or four years was legit filmmaking, you know, mm. I, and, and I don't mean for like movies, but we got to a level really quick where all of a sudden everyone had really good looking videos. And if you wanted to keep up, you had to know your stuff mm -hmm. and you had to know why things weren't working and the difference mm -hmm. between ISO and shutter speed and aperture and mm -hmm. how to get the look you wanted. And so, I mean, dude, we're doing a zoom call and I'm shooting it with, you know, a cinema camera. Uh, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's but insane. you know, but we, in the shop have been focusing a lot recently on brand and that's really important. And what you have is a consistency. If you look at your grid, or any video you put out, the light is the same typically, the focus is the same, it all looks, even, and this isn't a slight, but the way you dress, it's all, it's all on point because it has to keep that consistent. And that's again, I, why, I guess why you're a control freak, but I understand it. No, for sure. I think what I want to see when I look at someone's grid is effort, mm -hmm. care, mm -hmm. and did you care at all? And mm -hmm. some people can do that with their phones. Some people can do that, but it is that consistency of like, it's not just so random that you're throwing everything out. I mean, even the ones that seem random, when you look at it and you zoom out, it's like, yeah, I think you have a thing. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's always, I think that's the toughest thing for anybody to do. Like a drum shop, it's like, yeah, we get it. You sell drums, but what is the brand identity? Yeah. Like what, Absolutely. what could I see in a font or a color scheme or something that tells me, well, I know, I, I already know what that is. Yeah. And, and for an artist, that's so important right now. You Absolutely. know, I think the biggest thing that someone can do as a new artist, especially on Instagram is, and this seems to be the thing that most people forget is what are you trying to achieve through mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. Because you are blazing a lot of chops, but you keep talking about gigs. <laughs> what producer in the world would ever yeah. hire you after seeing this? Yeah. And then you look at somebody that's just laying it down constantly, and it's like, oh, it's weird. They keep getting all these, you know, sessions. Like, really? Is that yeah. weird to you that Brody Simpson's getting sessions? <laughs> he keeps putting out amazing videos of killer grooves that yeah. any you know producer would want on their album. Absolutely. And and for me, it's like I am. If you look at my grid and watch all the videos, you would think like this guy never wants to record an album ever. And it's like, no, you're correct. I'm yeah. trying to get drummers excited about drumming. So I'm playing a lot of candy that, in all honesty, I don't even play in my own drumming. Yeah. It's Instagram drumming because I'm trying to get drummers excited. And then obviously the business part of that is, well, then I want them to sign up for lessons. Mm -hmm. Then when they get to Mike's lessons, they're like, hey, where's all the Instagram stuff? I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't teach that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah. get you in trouble. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Now you're paying, so we're going to learn the real stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And on that, you've got um, like a massive library of grooves and styles. I really think that's underlooked. Like learning a wawanko or a songo or, I mean, that, that was one of the, when we came up in school and we were kids, that was like one of the things. You had to learn how to play a samba and a bossa nova and all these things. Um, what made you decide that that was a key to some of the stuff you wanted to teach? That's such a good question. I think a lot of it had to do with being stuck um you know the new metal scene of rock that i was part of <laughs> it wasn't you know it wasn't what we have now it wasn't periphery and animals as leaders yeah. it wasn't challenging yeah and then at that same time you know there was sepultura was putting out stuff with mm -hmm. igor calvera on drums mm -hmm. and there were little hints of brazilian mm -hmm. rhythms in there where i was like okay it's metal and he's doing it on a 28 inch china 
<laughs> but I think he just played a songo. <laughs> it was just, you know, but instead it was um, oh my wife. I tried to silence it and all I did was take a screenshot of my big, of, of my phone. Um so yeah, so that's I, I think that that was a little bit of it. And then it was just probably what you went through, which was okay, I don't know if I'll ever use this like this, but how could this four-way independence not make me a better drummer? Mm -hmm. And then realizing the difference between the Cuban independence that I was learning and then the melodies from the African influence, mm -hmm. like Wawanko, like I could hear the rhythm of Cuba in it, but I could sing back the melody of Africa mm -hmm. in it. And it's like, ah, okay, now I'm seeing how this, this Afro-Cuban thing is starting to take shape. Mm -hmm. And then getting into Brazilian music and, mm. you know, even uh, doing, I did a clinic tour with, um, uh, who's uh Sepultura's drummer right now. I can't, uh, yeah. oh, Eloy, Eloy. Uh, Eloy Grande, yeah. Yeah. And just being able to sit in a room with him and be like, okay, I'm a Californian <laughs> drummer. Can you please show me the real stuff? And, and we just listened to music all, all night, you know, and he was like, and this is this. And, mm. and I was like, wait, so that's bossa nova. Are you sure? Cause that's moving dude. And he's mm. like, well, it's our bossa nova. You will never hear this. You'll hear, you know, um, girl from Ipanema. Yeah. Diet bossa nova. Discount bossa nova. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> so that was kind of, I mean, I think that that just turned me on to this world of, I can put this into rock funk and fusion and it's the same way that I feel about jazz drumming when people say, yeah, but I don't like jazz. And I'm like, well, you don't have to. You <laughs> could still learn jazz independence, which will help you in anything you play for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think th th what seems to be lost on people is the story of it all. Oh, my gosh. Because it's, it's folk music. I think people forget that. Totally. It's like it's all a different folk music. Basically, any yeah. music of any culture tells the story of the culture. But it, and if you it, don't know the culture, you can't play the music properly. Yeah, or even you can learn the culture through the music. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know, you it's can, all encompassing. You learn why the bossa nova figures are played the way they are. Why the samba is dum because it's a heartbeat. That's the whole point of it. That's what it's right. supposed to mimic. And, but it seems to be right now that kids are it's lost on kids. You know that way of playing and that way of learning. Well, I think that. You know, one thing that we have to go through is think about, okay, who would we be right now if we were 14? What would we be going through? What would be, we be exposed to? And we were just exposed. We were exposed to so much less, mm. which allowed us to focus so much more. And when mm. the Modern Drummer DVD, you know, festival would come out or festival DVD would come out, we got one Latin drummer and it was like, oh, okay, so that's Horacio Hernandez and he plays a left foot clave. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to do now. Where mm -hmm. now, if somebody did that, four million people on Instagram would copy it and it would be like, I mean, it's just so overwhelming um, that I, I think it must be very hard, no matter what you're into, whether it's drums or anything else, it must be very hard to pick an idol and to pick someone to trust. I think trust is what's missing right now is, you know, we had... Hudson and Hal Leonard and you know and Drum Magazine's Drummer UK mm -hmm. Rhythm. Yeah, we we knew like okay if it makes it into rhythm we can trust that. Yeah, you know where now it's like I don't know this guy seems pretty good to me. Should I trust him? Should I trust her? So it it's pretty tough, you know. But I definitely think that all you need to get into that stuff is one gig that requires it, and <laughs> you fall flat on your face where they go, dude, it's just a Roomba, and you're like, yeah, I don't. 
know what the hell that means. Yeah, I don't you know, even know how to spell that. Yeah, and then they walk over to their Casio keyboard and press the Roomba button. They're like, <laughs> like this. And I'm like, oh, do you want to just loop that and uh, I'll just go get a drink real quick? Uh, so I think that, you know, those situations, we were expected in our age group to have wedding gigs and stuff by the time that we could drive. So by mm-hmm. 16, 17, we're doing, I think you guys would probably call them function gigs, but mm-hmm. we're doing just, you know, paid gigs. And those gigs cause you some embarrassing moments and you go home and you work your ass off to make sure that your swing feel is appropriate and that your blues shuffle is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And then you start to see how they connect and maybe you're lucky enough to watch a Ken Burns documentary on jazz and you start seeing like, oh, wait a minute. I thought this thing was from the 70s. This Mm -hmm. thing's from the 30s, you know, or whatever it is. And so I, I would say if I could give my students anything in the world, if I could give them any gift, it would just be curiosity. Mm-hmm. I just wish you guys were more curious because mm-hmm. that's where I learned everything was going down to my local drum shop, going to their book section or their DVD section, or just talking to the guy at the counter. Hey, what mm-hmm. are you doing on the pad there? Yeah. He's like, oh, it's a flamadiddle. I'm like, that can't be a real word. He's like, no, it is. <laughs> it's actually a very real word. I'm like, oh my God, this thing's weird. Yeah. It feels like the drumming world needs a DeGrasse Tyson. You know what I mean? Totally, like just totally. someone to help us nerd out a little bit, but make it cool enough to peak that curiosity do you does that happen at camp and stuff you find these people that get stuck on like real simple stylistic things yes and no i mean i I hate to say but most of my campers are people that are my age group or Mm. older and can afford camps i mean camps are expensive um but but our advanced camps are actually usually more geared towards the 20s and yeah i mean the thing that's tough is you have to as an educator figure out i don't need you to learn how i learned I just, it's my responsibility to make sure that you don't fall into any trouble. Like, Mm. so I have to think about your modern world that you're in is different than mine. I mean, when people say like, hey, I want to do what you do. It's like, well, you can't because what Mm. I did to get here happened a decade ago Mm -hmm. on YouTube, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. more than that now. I started on YouTube in 2006. So, wow. That's when we opened the store. (laughs) That was my first. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Wow. I was like, this is going to be the future. I could just feel it like. Um, and, and I was terrible at speaking to a camera, but I mean, that's, so you can't redo that. And me telling a 20 year old drummer, like, well, you're going to have to do what I did. It's like, well, if you wanted to end up where I am, but by that time it's too late. So Mm. I'm just kind of constantly asking my students, what do you want to do? Who do you look up to? What are your dreams? And let me draw you a map to get there. Mm. And if for some reason your dreams allow us to exclude world grooves and jazz drumming and marching rudiments i'm fine with that you know Mm. if you came to me and just said all i want to do is play gravity by john mayer it's Mm. like okay well let's work on your timing and your touch and Mm. your feel yeah i'm not going to teach you a wawan ko so that you can play six eight at 11 bpm (laughs) like you don't all Mm -hmm. you need to do is work on but can you make your ride symbol sound like steve jordan does for an entire song of ding you know so i think that it that is our job as educators is to individualize the education, to give students freedom to understand your path will not be my path. Mm. I'm happy to tell you what I did, but you don't, I'm already here. So don't be me, <laughs> be you, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I do. That's amazing. Okay. You're on a desert island and you've woken up and you have drumsticks. And for some reason, there's a fully functional Gretsch kit there. I don't know why it's yes. there, but it is. You can pick. <laughs> Five lessons from mikeslessons.com 
to work on while you're on that desert island, which five lessons are you going to take? Man. Oof. Well, let me, okay, let me put it like this because uh, I'll do courses just because everything's grouped into courses and we have about like a hundred courses now. Okay. Definitely for me personally, I'm definitely going to do my timing course. Okay. Because it was the hardest thing to film because <laughs> my timing is shiza. Um, so, so it's so hard. It's like I had to, I couldn't be hypocritical. I had to tell the camera, you know, the students that are watching this, just so you guys know, this is the 11th take. Like I'm really struggling to get this down. Um, and it's one of those things that I think in our modern world, we're always trying to acquire so much new information that we forget to perfect the information we already have. Yeah, right. And so timing for sure. I okay. would work on my timing course. Um, next, I would say is my creative practice course, which forces you into creative environments so that you can explore and improvise. Because as a rock drummer, I never improvised. I just played the song and mm -hmm. played it exactly as it was. And if I improvised, I got in trouble. <laughs> so I have to force myself every day to try to be creative because I'm not I'm not an artist. I, mm -hmm. I don't see the world in colors and shapes. I mm -hmm. see the world in PDFs and notation <laughs> and flamadiddles. Um, so that and then and then I do have a lesson library that's individual lessons, and I can never off the top of my head remember what the uh, is it no the uh, the afoche a-f-o-x-e afoche my wife always says like why don't you welcome our student in with the afoche groove and i'm like damn it woman you know i don't remember that <laughs> I, I filmed it like 11 years ago i found it in the back of some random ass book i don't even know what country it's from <laughs> um, so i think the afoche lesson i need to brush up on that so two more two more i'm gonna go with uh, a rudiment uh, book reports. Okay. I always get them down to a C plus level, just right. passing, right. just enough to film it on Instagram for fifteen <laughs> seconds. Um, but I, but if somebody said right now book reports, I'd be like, let me work it up, and here we go. So book reports, and the last one, man, um, probably another world groove that I've forgotten. Um, I would say the Aurora. Okay. I know that that's because I always see that when I log in because it's in the A's and they're alphabetical. <laughs> and I always wonder, like, I'm too scared to click on it because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and I don't think I could do it anymore. But I filmed it like five years ago. So there you go. Brilliant. Amazing. Amazing. Just picking up from when you talk about timing and like telling people it's take 11. Do you think yeah. that honesty helps validate your ability as a teacher? Yeah, it's a good question. Or what? Uh, one of the reasons, uh, one of the things to validate it, rather, not the only thing, but is it one of the things that helps validate you as a teacher? I think that I couldn't have said that seven years ago because I wasn't validated yet. And I would have been too nervous to show a crack in the armor. Mm. Um, so everything was, was a, I don't want to say it was a lie, but everything was portrayed as like, I don't know, just sat down at the kit and ripped this thing. Um, <laughs> now that I'm, you know, I've been here for a while and I've done drum festivals and I've done clinic tours. Like, I kind of feel like, look, here's the truth, guys. Like, mm. this thing's freaking hard. Yeah. And I haven't practiced it in a long time. And I'm just telling you, like, you will. This is, you know, I like telling my audience, whether it be social media or on my website, I like telling them the truth about things that's like, you will lose this. Mm. Where, like, a double stroke roll, I haven't practiced that in years i use it all the time but i haven't sat down and obsessed over it mm -hmm. and i think since i was 16 i've lost like maybe 10 bpm 
it's just always there, ready to go for me. Mm-hmm. But then there's things like my timing at 30 BPM. I might get it flawless, but within six weeks of not practicing it, I'm back to square one. I'm like, mm-hmm. God dang, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that honesty, transparency has, especially in what's happened to our world in the last four to five years, where we, you know, we don't know what to believe on anything. Mm-hmm. The more that transparent you can be, I think the more beneficial it is to you because no one expects you to be perfect. And if you can admit that you're not, it takes the pressure off of whoever's watching to be like, okay, so you're struggling with this because you and I grew up just, we just saw the, the Thomas Lang DVD. And it's like, God, mm-hmm. one take, you know? And it's like, I, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, Honestly, with Thomas, I don't doubt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, right. it made me feel like I needed to be like that. I was like, Jesus, I can't, I can't play any of this stuff. Yeah. And even if I could, I sure as heck couldn't film it while speaking to a camera with a Madonna mic on. And like, what a stud! And yeah. so, I think that now it's kind of cool when people will show just a little bit of the reality. Like, look, or just admit it in the text. Hey guys, mm. here's a little solo I'm working on. By the way, this was take sixty five. It's like. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for yeah. just admitting it. Yeah. And I think it also legitimizes the, su- the successes as well. Totally. Totally. You People know, need to know the work that went into it. Yeah, absolutely. So that when you, when like, you know, you come into a room and you're doing a clinic and you play it, they're like, I know Homeboy worked really hard on that. <laughs> To be yeah. able to just pull that off and one go in front of a room full of people. So that makes it all the better. Yeah, totally. And and I, you know, it's funny. I told, um, I was talking to Eddie on, um, I think we were just talking through voice notes about some clinics that we have coming up. And I said, you know, the best thing you can do, man, is get out in front of it and let them know like, hey, I don't do a lot of these, you know, talking about for Eddie. I'm nervous. It's like just even that will cut the ice in the room to let every they'll all of a sudden instead of judging you, now they're on your side. Absolutely. Because they want you to succeed. They didn't come here to see you fail. They came here to see you do what you do. Yeah. So they can get on your side very quickly, especially because they're drummers. Yeah. Room full of guitarists, maybe a little different story. <laughs> they would be like, We don't care how you feel, <laughs> we want yeah. you to just train wreck. Yeah. But a room full of drummers, they they want you to do well. So just be open and say, look, I'm, I'm freaking nervous. Or mm. for me, sometimes I'm like, look, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm pretty jet lagged. Mm. And I didn't know Poland was this cold. <laughs> um, so just yeah. cut me some slack on songs one and two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they get on board with you and they're, and they're cool with it. You know, So transparency is a big deal right now, especially letting people know, here's the reality. Mm. You know, um, I mean, yeah. I, I can think back to doing my clinic at your place and the first thing I do when I get somewhere is like I'm stepping on the riser to be like, okay, is it going to be a trampoline night? Is my mm-hmm. hi-hat going to be moving away from me? Mm-hmm. What am I going to be dealing with that is going to take me out of my comfort zone? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, there's definitely some head games that go into it. Yeah, I'll never forget when you came up and we were talking about pedals and we were talking about the gear rig and you're like, yeah, play a DW5 because I know at least one thing is going to be the same everywhere I yeah. go in the world. And you forget, it's so, so easy to forget if you're not doing it that this guy's thousands of miles from home without like anything consistent in his life he's just met two guys at the airport that have to drive him around the country all week so he's got to get to know them in the car he's seen a new drum set every night he might have the same symbols there's just so much goes into doing a clinic tour that the public don't get yeah i mean clinics are such an amazing thing and i think that they have to keep happening because even as somebody that runs an entire business of online virtual drumming stuff i'm still booked up for all of 2022 for Mm. clinic tours and drum festivals because there's nothing like 
feeling the the air come out of a bass drum port yeah. when you're sitting in front. And it's like, oh wow, I didn't know Todd Zuckerman was that powerful and yeah. that loud. Yeah. I couldn't have got this from a video. No. There's no way. Yeah. Um, you know, and being in the room, and then honestly, the meet and greet, getting to know, yeah. like, okay, I did spend three seconds with the person, but I looked in their eyes, and I can tell that's a. I mean, I've been to so many clinics as a fan that you can tell, like, wow, how are you so well adjusted and that good at the drums? <laughs> yeah. Like, you shouldn't be able to even make eye contact with somebody because you practice twelve hours a day. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. So I think that clinics are super important, and it is important that the audience recognizes. Look, this is, mm. you know, this is a weird thing. I can tell you when I step on those stages, whether it be a drum riser or a full drum festival stage, I feel like I've never played drums in my entire life. Mm. My skin doesn't feel like my skin. <laughs> I, I'm like, there's no way. My hands are not making contact with this stick yeah. right now. Yeah. And then you get Popeye forearms. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, if you think you're judged at a wedding gig or <laughs> at a gig with your band, wait until the entire room is drummers. <laughs> like, Yeah, right. You're yeah. just like, oh, I can't get away with the things I would normally get away with. <laughs> so that's why that's why I said it's important to just kind of say, hey, guys, I'm going to give you everything I can. But in all honesty, tonight is a snapshot of where I truly am in my drumming. And yeah. I got to say, like, I've told this story before, but I think it's important for people to hear this. I did a festival in, I think it was in Idaho or Iowa. It was somewhere in the middle of the U.S. And it was kind of a replacement for the Modern Drummer Festival. So Modern Drummer sponsored it after yeah. they stopped doing their own it was uh ray luzier from corn mm -hmm. mm -hmm. russ miller greg hutchinson john riley that was freaky i'm like oh my god I, i've practiced out of all of his books mm -hmm. um so anyways russ miller's one of my heroes and it was my first time meeting him first time him hearing me play in person and i i honestly just didn't do so well so um festival's over he comes by my dressing room to say goodbye and and i'm like hey man i just want to say like thank you so much uh for being so cool and so easy to talk to and i'm really sorry that you had to hear me like that that was like 60 percent of me and it was like the best big brother moment i've ever had in my life and he just like kind of you know stared me right in the eyes and he said look that was exactly who you are that thing in your in Folsom with your perfect drum set and your perfect studio and your air conditioned room that's not you mm -hmm. what you just did out there that's you and if you want that to be better you're going to need to practice and then he left and I was like I just crumbled on the ground and sucked my thumb for an hour <laughs> but I saw him 20 times after that and he's become just an amazing mentor and he did something really valuable to me he just said like you have to accept what just happened and then I remembered he had came to that. I came from California. It took me four hours to get there. He came from Australia, uh, flying coach where his like legs were just tucked into his chin and he could barely even walk. And he didn't make any excuses. He didn't make excuses to me. He didn't tell the crowd, you know, I'm sorry that my double bass isn't as flawless as normal, but I just came from Australia. He just played. And it's like, well, this is who I am right now. And I mm. think that that's what you have to kind of let the crowd know. Like, this is a snapshot of who I am tonight. And... Of course, I wish it was better, but it is what it is. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that transparency thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what makes you smile when you get up first thing in the morning? Matcha. <laughs> just, I, mean, I don't even need to think about it because I've got my dog, I've got my wife, life is good, and then I go downstairs, and the first thing I do is I make a cup of matcha for my wife. Like So I kind of roll over. We've got the dog in between us, our giant uh, um, honor. And, you know, so Juno's licking my face and I just ask Amber, uh, iced or hot? And 
because we're now getting into summer in California. And so she'll go iced. And then I go downstairs and I make a cold matcha, put two cubes of ice in it and bring it upstairs. Then watch her take her first sip. And like it's like watching somebody win the lottery. <laughs> it's just everything. And she holds it with two hands as she puts it up to her face. And then I go downstairs and make my own. So matcha. Amazing. What is the one book that has influenced you the most? Um, I think it's called Originals. So okay. I, I don't know the author, but the name of the book is Originals. And it just it's a bunch of short stories about people that forge their own path in business. Outliers and that kind of thing. People that have just... Yep. Yeah, cool. What absolutely excites you right now? Man, uh, F1. Oh, really? I'm a new, f- I'm a new fan and wow. I'm obsessed. I, I mean, I w- I've watched every race this season. Wow, that was like left field just appeared. Like I never had this. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, I watched Quali at 4 a.m. I'm, I'm all in, man. Wow. Okay. What yeah. got you into F1? Uh, Drive to Survive on Netflix. Right. Okay. Cool. I just thought it'd be good to watch. Like I love watching anything about someone that's the greatest at what they do. I don't care what it is. I usually don't get into it. I usually just get influenced to be better at teaching and better at drumming, but. By the end of season one, I was like telling my wife, we might need to watch a race. I'm wow. kind of into this. Wow. And now I'm obsessed, man. So, I mean, if you see my Instagram activity, it's just double tap on Verstappen, double tap on Ocon, <laughs> double tap on, you know, Lewis. It's ever, I mean, I'm all in. It's funny. Adam and I were talking about that. We, cause he has just watched The Last Dance. Did you watch that? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. man. Talking about influential people, just that mindset. Yeah, so that that's what got me into this stuff in the first place. Probably when I was 23, uh, Jordan to the Max came out, and it was a Michael Jordan. It was very similar to Last Dance, but it was a one-and-a-half-hour movie, and they released it in IMAX theaters. Right. And it was, it was his last season with the Bulls. Um, and I, no matter what town we were in when I was touring, the first thing I would do, as soon as we load our gear in, I would just get a cab and have them take me to the nearest IMAX theater. And I've probably seen that 300 times. Uh, wow. I mean, I saw it in every city I could, and I would just watch it. And then all I wanted to do was be a better drummer and teacher. And so I carried that on through the rest of my life. Like As soon as a documentary comes out about the best of something, I just watch it, whether it's cooking, CrossFit, F1 and F1. I just wanted to see how they shot it. I wanted to see what it was about because I had so many European students that would be like, you know, you don't have actual auto racing, right? You guys just go around in a circle in NASCAR and you all drive the exact same car. And I was like, I don't know. I don't follow any of it. And then (laughs) when I got into F1, now I'm like, NASCAR isn't racing. I'm all about F1. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's, it is cool though. I think the one thing that is enticing that makes it so easy to be a fan of is there's so few drivers. So I actually know the names of all 20 drivers where if you think about, uh, you know, European football or American football, it's big teams, but I don't, I only know the quarterback of an American football Mm. team and maybe the wide receiver, but I Mm. don't know who's playing like second string linebacker Mm. where, I mean, all the way down to, you know, Haas and Mm. uh, Alfa Romeo, I know who's driving those cars and I can see them in my head and, I think that makes it so easy to be a fan and root. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've been I watch I train jujitsu when I can, so I've been okay. watching a lot of that. And there's some some real sort of real. I'm going to say real geniuses that okay. are on the mat that can just that like the level that they operate is just so much higher than everybody else. It's really fascinating to watch. It's kind of like watching Vinny. Like if we bring it back to drumming, it's like it's like yep. watching Vinny play is as 
very different than watching anyone else play. Yeah. And I, I think that what we have to do when we see that those geniuses, whether it be martial arts or cooking or, or drumming, is we have to ask ourselves, what would it take for me to be in that position? And am I willing to do that? Correct. And we, and we come back to the very beginning of this podcast, like, would that bring you joy mm. to do eight to nine hours a day of practice? Like, I, I personally can't. It wouldn't bring me joy. It, would, it sounds like hell to me. Um, I enjoy my time on the drum set. Whether it's frustrating because it's hard, I don't mind. But I enjoy it because I don't do it. You know, I'm not mm. practicing eight hours a day. I might be drumming, but most of it's filming video. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So I think we all have to decide, like, would you want to dedicate yourself like that? Mm. And if so, go for it. I mean, we have, you know, when we see somebody like Matt Gartska now, it's like, God, that guy must be in a room all day practicing. And it's like, yeah, at least definitely through his college years, he was. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, and it almost makes it feel like we all play these slightly different instruments. When I see somebody like <laughs> Vinny, I'm like, well, I don't play those drums. No. I'm playing something very yeah. different than you. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, you know, I got to say, though, to, to Vinny and Dave and a couple other cats in that era, Will Kennedy, they're still at the top of their game. That's the one thing that I think makes drumming so much cooler than sport mm. is we never have to feel like, oh, I missed my peak. It's like, well, they're still at their peak and they're, you know, I don't know how old Dave and Vinny are, but they're not kids. Vinny's pushing 60, I think. If yeah. He's, if he's so, not already there, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and, and it's not like, oh, I wish I could see Vinny in 84. It's like, no, I'm happy to see him right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so that gives us that, oh, you know, Roy Haynes, like the guy just won't stop. So yeah. it gives us that feeling that, like, okay, I can do this for the rest of my life. And just like Lewis Hamilton is now more crafty, well, where Max is all ballsy. Mm. I kind of feel like that same thing happens in drumming where you go see somebody play in their 70s and you're like, okay, it wasn't the fastest thing I've ever seen, but damn, that cat made some choices that I never would have thought to make Poor, because yeah. they've just done it for so long. Absolutely. You know? What is the most important thing I should know about you right now? <laughs> Ooh, good God. Um, I... That's such a tough thing. I think the F1 would have been the surprising yeah. one for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just that I, I want everybody to achieve their dreams, but that I don't have what their dreams are in mind. It's like, I don't know what your dreams are and I don't get to judge them. So I would say I'm probably the least judgmental person you'll ever meet. Cause it's like, you just have to tell me what you want and where you want to go. And my job is to help get you there, whether it be in business or, in social media or in in drumming like I, I don't care like i just want you to be happy you know beautiful so i've been listening to um drum with mike and eddie listen to some episodes and you guys have the odd quick fire so i have okay oh i have 10 and it's uh 1913 on the clock so if we can get it before 1914 on the clock you good to go we got this we okay got this. number one die cast or triple flanged die cast number two rider hats what? Ride or hats? Oh, hats. Okay. Number three, maple or brass? Maple. Number four, analog or digital? Digital. Vintage or modern? Vintage. Clinic or gig? Clinic. Chai or green? Green. <laughs> click or no click? <laughs> no click. Group lesson or private? Group. Last one, single or double? Ply? Whatever. 
single. I, I, <laughs> that was number ten. I, I had single or double strokes in my head when I wrote it, but oh, but I was thinking ply drumheads. Uh, but single strokes too, man. I wish I had Carter McLean single strokes. So. We we all do. Um, we all do. Okay, yeah. I'm going to close it with one last question. Bring it. If you could change one thing about how people learn, what would it be? Uh, it would be the depth. I feel like everyone is a is an information hoarder right now. Um, everyone is a little bit of a blanket statement, but I think that that's kind of the thing is like, well, show me this, show me this, show me this. And I'm like, how about I show you one thing and you work on it for a year and it'll mm. serve you for the rest of your life. So I, I wish people learned things on a deeper level um, because that's when I look back to the things that I kind of learned quickly, like the Arara mm-hmm. and the Afoche. <laughs> I can't remember what the hell they are. Mm. But when you say samba, I literally can envision Brazilian cooking. I can Mm. see marching and and parades in the streets and carnival. And I I can see all of it. And I'm happy, like, even though I'm technically like a rock slash fusion drummer, if you said samba gig right now, it's like, yeah, I got you, man. Because (laughs) I I put the time in on that one. And so I, and I have a lot of those in my past. And we, I think we all do, but it's like, I think that when you're learning something new, it's a commitment to like, okay, I'm going to have to go down the rabbit hole with this one. Mm. That's deep enough because no one's got an attention span currently. We watch minute videos, right, right? on on Instagram. And then if it's longer than that, we might click the button to watch it. We might not. Yeah. And that's a a tough thing. I mean, that's what people want. And they, you know, I mean, I I get people saying, I just play something. They're like, great lesson. Like, lesson? That was a demonstration. I didn't teach you anything. Yeah. You know, so, but I I do use our modern world as my filter. If you are looking for one minute lessons, you are not ready for my website. Yeah. Like it would drive you nuts. You would drive me nuts. We're not (laughs) meant for each other. So I can tell you some other things that exist or maybe just stay here in social media. Nothing wrong with that at all. If you're having fun, I don't care. (laughs) But if you watch these one minute videos and you're like, hey, I just can't get enough out of this. It's like, no, I, I wouldn't be able to either. Mm-hmm. That's why I made an entire website for this, you know, because because of that. Yeah. And even then, I still am hoping that my students have the opportunity to come to a camp where it's like, at some point, I need to see you play in person. Because I'll, you know, I'm the first to say, as an online educator, nothing takes the place of in-person drum lessons. Yeah. The reason why I still do what I do is because not everyone has access to in-person lessons yeah. or maybe just on a social anxiety level, they don't want to be in a room with somebody right. watching them fail. Yeah, right. I get it. Yeah. Like I totally get it. Um, so, I mean, I would much rather do an F1 simulator by myself <laughs> than having like Lewis and Max watch me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think that, um, you know, that's the, it, we are in a new world for sure. We always will be in 10 years from now. It'll be something different. And it's just up to us to adapt and have as much empathy as possible to the people that are growing up in that time frame. Yeah, beautiful. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, buddy. It's been it's an, good to see you again. You too, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I think oh, good luck with all the camps with Eddie and, and all that going forward. And hopefully, you know, you guys get to be properly open up and people can come see you for yeah. the foreseeable. And hopefully we get to see you back here. I will definitely be there. I had a blast there. Yeah, uh, so good. Walked around, yeah. and it was, it was good stuff. Yeah, so. indeed. Yeah, indeed. So until that time, man, you take care of yourself. Hope the wife is, is well, and, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. All right, bud. You take care. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Drummers Only Radio. You can find us online at www.drummersonly.co.uk. Drop us a line. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Drummers Only UK. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Any questions, info at drummersonly.co.uk is the email. Or if you need leads, it's leads at drummersonly.co.uk. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Drummers Only.